0: That's that. And now I just want to move on to the, um, this really isn't working, uh, the next slide. I don't know what that is. There we go. Uh, but hey, this morning is really about baptizing some folks. And so, so there are four people among us who are feeling a bit nervous. And, uh, and we understand that, don't we, those of us who have been baptized. It's a bit nervous. Uh, but uh, it's just wonderful to be baptizing because you know it gives us a chance really to explore another part of what it means uh, when Jesus says, mai, uh, uh, follow me. This is the theme that we're going through as a church at the moment. What it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Because baptism is a key expression of that. I want to just explore for a few moments why that is. What is it about getting baptized? I mean, why, why do we do it? Why do we get grown people in their clothes down to a pool and we dunk them in and we pull them out again? Why do we do that? Why do we do such a strange thing? I mean, why isn't it that we, when they become disciples, why don't we just uh, um, give them a handshake instead or, or slap them on the back or give them a certificate or something? Uh, why is it that we have to go through this process for them? Because it's, uh, it's not easy for them uh, in front of you all, and it's not always the most dignified thing to do either. In fact, the not last baptisms, but the previous ones, uh, when Tani was getting baptized, she was amazing that she, she did it, But we went outside and baptized out here. And it's not like we had a marble font with a a statue standing over it. Now, if you remember, we had a toddler's pool and little dinosaurs around the side. And um, it was glorious. It was wonderful. uh, Dignified? I don't know. I don't know about that one. But it was a wonderful time. So, So why do we do this to ourselves? Well, I think of the many times that I've done the baptizing in the past and when things haven't gone according to plan... You know, when the heating isn't on in the pool and you're standing there baptizing for ages. Or I think of the time at Plymerton Beach. Some of you will remember that one. When that, we baptized that young man, you remember that one with the storm? Remember the storm and the rolling waves that were coming in? I thought, will I survive. And we you know, baptised him quickly before the next roller comes in. Uh, when I think of the phones I've ruined in uh, the baptism, the waters of baptism... Good phones, some of them, and uh, we think, why do we, why do we do this? What is it about baptism? Well, let's go back to the New Testament for a second, and uh, this is important because baptism isn't a king's church thing, all right? It's not just something we dreamt up on a rainy day, you know, odd things we can do at church on a Sunday. Uh, it's not from us. Actually, it's a Bible thing, all right? It's a Bible thing. And certainly it was very well known back in the days of the New Testament where, of course, in the early days you've got John the Baptist who baptized hundreds and thousands of new believers, as it was back then. And uh, the word baptize was a very well-known word back then. It simply means to, to sink into, to submerge, or to dunk. And you could use it in very secular context. You know, if a, if a ship was sailing and it sank... You could legitimately say it was baptized, all right? So it's a word that everybody understood, which gives you a heads up as to what we're going to do with these folks in a little while. I hope they were told about that. We're going to dunk you. You will go right under. We're not talking about spraying or dabbing or sprinkling or flicking. No, you will go under. We will do what the word says. You will be dunked. I hope you were warned about that. So just to flag that one up. Uh, So what is it though? What is baptism itself? Okay, I want to look at this. Well, um, the Bible uh, tells us in Romans 6, this is one of the passages where it explains baptism, where, where Paul says this, he says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. All right? That's baptism. And so straight away you can see that our getting baptized is tied to or linked to Jesus' death on the cross and when he was buried and then when he rose again from the dead. It's linked to that moment. Actually, baptism is symbolic of what takes place in us when we first put our trust in Jesus and what he did on that cross. That's the link. It's a symbol of what happens at that point of faith. You know that moment in your life when you turn to Jesus for the first time and you say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Come into my life. Lord, I put my trust in you that when you died on that cross, you took my sin and the punishment for that sin on yourself that I might be forgiven. It's that moment when you prayed that prayer, come into my life, Lord. Listen, when we do that for the very first time, need to understand something profound happens in us. need to understand that actually our old life, our old life of independence from God, our old life of sin, when we were in charge, our old life where we did things again and again that we're, we're ashamed of now, that old life that was futile and had no real eternal direction. That old sinful life is gone, and there's a real sense where, where the new life comes. But it goes, it dies. So, so, so Paul says this, all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. So it's like the old life is gone. It died with him on that cross. And then the passage says a whole new heavenly life begins for us. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. In other words, when we put our trust in Jesus, not only is our old sinful life gone, but a new life begins. A life, a heavenly life really, of glory. All right, The, The life that Jesus rose to now becomes our own. And it's a very profound event. Because what it is is this, it's that the life of heaven now breaks into our lives even as we walk the earth. It's staggering. It's why Paul says, and it's been quoted already today, this is a slightly different version. It says this, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. In other words, when we give our lives to Jesus, the new Heavenly creation arrives in our hearts. See, let's make no mistake. The Bible is very clear about this. One day there will come a time when this world that we're in now, this creation that we're in now, beautiful in some respects but so sad in many others, this world full of sin and injustice and loss and sickness and grieving, one day this creation will go. It will go. And a whole new creation will arrive. A new creation filled with God's presence and his peace and his holiness. So that in Revelation 21 it says that in that day God will wipe away every tear from our eyes and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, nor pain. And the heavens of God will fill that new earth and it will be glorious. Hallelujah. Don't you long for that day. But the thing is this, when we give our lives to Jesus, that new age breaks into our lives now by the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the down payment, the first taste of that new age to come. It's an amazing thing. So new creation life begins in us. The old life is gone, but new creation life has begun. And that's why the new birth is such a miracle, really. It's like the deepest inner part of you is now changed. It's washed clean, and now the new life has begun in you. It's why I like John 5 when Jesus says this. He says, we have passed from death into life. That's a very profound verse. What it means is that on the outside, yes, it's true, as the years go by, we get older and more creakier. I can testify to that. And eventually we'll die. But listen, on the inside, that deepest, most intimate part of you, it's already passed over into life. How wonderful is that? So eventually when our time comes and we shuffle off this outer garment, we'll simply walk into glory. Amen. What a beautiful thing. That's why as Christians, we have no need to ever fear death. We have no need to fear it because true life has already begun for us. Hallelujah. There's a famous German poet, actually, who, who's, who he, he writes about this beautifully. He says this. He says this. He says, For me has dawned the morning God's eternal now. Now for me the day unsetting. Now the song begun. Now the deep surpassing glory brighter than the sun. In other words, that eternal day has dawned for us. And it's with us now. His light has shone into our hearts. That day, filled with His love and joy and presence, it has begun. Hallelujah. And who wouldn't want that? You know, it's amazing. We spend a lot of time trying to get people to come along to our church services. Listen, if the people out there knew what the Bible actually teaches about this, they'd be queued up on the outside. We'd be struggling to deal with the crowds. Because it's glorious, isn't it? So, so these four, we will put them right under the water, symbolizing the fact that their old sinful lives have gone. And yes, wait for it, we'll bring them back up again, symbolizing that the new resurrection life has begun. And that's why it's such a precious thing to do. It is, significantly, it is, it is eternally significant, a profound, profound moment. Um, it's also worth just uh, taking a note that baptism in the Bible isn't isn't an optional extra, by the way. It's actually a command. So in Acts chapter two, if you remember, when Peter's talking to that that vast crowd about Jesus and Jesus' Jesus's death on the cross, you know that vast crowd eventually are so are so convicted by what Peter is saying. He says to Peter, they say to Peter, "What shall we do? How shall we respond?" And, and Peter's Command is clear. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you. Repent, as we've said, turn away from your old life, put your trust in Jesus, and be baptized. It's as if baptism seals what's happened. And actually, it's the first steps, really, in becoming a follower of Christ. Occasionally, I come across people who say this to me, well, I'll follow Jesus, I'll give my life to Jesus, But baptism, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Which, if you think about it, is a bit of a contradiction, because how can you say, Lord Jesus, I give my life to you, and then say immediately afterwards, but I'm not doing that. It's a bit of a contradiction. Really, if he is your Lord, how will you not respond to him? And if you can't simply do this relatively little thing as you follow Jesus, then how can you expect to do the greater things that he will call you to do? It's all part of being a follower of Jesus. Now, in baptism, we settle it in our hearts. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. And he is our Lord as well as our Savior. We're publicly declaring it. And we're doing it in obedience to him. So these four, right? when they, when they come down, we will put them in the pool. And we'll dunk them. And we'll bring them back up again. And, and listen, we're going to pray for them as well. Because God loves obedience. He loves obedience. And so it's a very precious moment as they come up and we pray for them the biggest prayers we can think of. It's like God is launching them into the next phase of their walk with Him. And so it's important that as a church we acknowledge what they're doing and also we pray like mad over them because the Spirit of God we're believing will touch them and move upon them, gift them. And there may be prophecies that you have too, and words that you want to bring. There may not be opportunity to bring them uh, in front of everybody here, but please take note of them. Take note of the scriptures and talk to them immediately afterwards and say, I felt God say this to you. Please be ready to share that. Very, very powerful time. And listen, as we baptize them, if you know you have never yourself made that first step, you've never made that step of saying, Lord Jesus, I do. Forgive me for my sins. I do put my trust in you. If you've never done that yet, if you've never made that step, then you are still locked away in your old life, actually. You're still locked in that place of sin. But you don't need to be. Even as you watch these getting baptized, just you come before God and say, God, I want to respond to. I want to give my life to you. I want to move from death into life. I want to move from futility and no direction into destiny and purpose. I want to move from hell to heaven. I want to move from a blessed, from, a, from a, a cursed or a desperate future to a blessed future in Jesus. I want to challenge you to do that as you see these brave folks getting baptized. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray and then we're going to uh, have a song. The worship team's going to come up. And the children will come in and join us. And when the children come in, uh, we can't have them hanging around the pool like we've done in the past because we just uh, want to be as, as careful as we can. So parents, please just keep your children uh, where you are. And, uh, and then uh, we'll do the testimonies and we'll begin the baptizing. Let's just pray. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you so much for your mercy and your love. We thank you, Lord, that you sent your son that we might be rescued from death and brought into life. We thank you, Lord, that for us who know you, who put their trust in you, life eternal has begun. And that eternal day now, that wonderful day of your love and your mercy and grace is now shining in our hearts. Father, we pray for those getting back baptized, for, for Josh and for Carl and John and Carl Millington as well. Lord, we just say, God, come upon them and bless them by your Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so Phil's going to take us on with the interviews. I think we've got a, a song as the children start making their way in. All right, so let's do that. Let's just sing, Show. we? You may, may want to stand where you are. Let's just stand.
1: You want to come? Let's welcome Carl as, as he comes down. Awesome. It's always good when we uh, baptise people to hear what Jesus has done in their life, hey? Because otherwise they just get wet and you know nothing of their story. And so it's just really cool to do that. So, um, Carl, it's, it's great to get to know you recently as well. So yes. uh, yeah. So just just tell us then. First of all, um, have you always been a churchgoer? Um, yes. Well. For a while, so I was raised um,
2: raised in the church. My parents were pastors, Salvation Army officers. In fact, um, my fucker papa goes back five generations to the founding of the Salvation Army. So my, I've got a lot of lot of heritage songs tonight. You know, uh, he, inheritance. So kind of, I had this massive inheritance of believers behind me. So yeah, um, but. Um, <coughs> Uh, So I went through, did all the, you know, where you have these core cadets, junior soldiers, got all the badges and certificates and all that sort of thing. Um, And then uh, came to Intermediate um, and was quite badly bullied for a good couple of years. Um, And I became a very angry, insular, um, insecure young man. Um, And at the age of 12, um, so I would regularly read my Bible and pray and I think, I kind of think I had some sort of relationship with God, but obviously a lot of it was handed to me by my parents. Um, but then at the age of 12, um, I was so hurt and broken and I, um, my, I felt like my daddy God didn't look after me. Um, and so I just, that was when I made the commitment to basically separate myself from God and to throw my faith in, if I had any of my own genuine faith. Um, and from there, Things went took a really bad path. I guess. Um, I guess my story is probably that of the prodigal son. Um, so I had this inheritance that was there for me, but I rejected it through hurt and various different circumstances. And my parents then moved us to South Africa. Um, and while I was there, I just took a. Basically, you could sum my life up there as just self-destruction. You know, um, just a ser- you know, uh, alcohol abuse, drug use. Um, a lot of violence and anger Um, and just probably underneath all of that even though I had this sort of bravado and you know playing first 15 rugby and all of that sort of stuff underneath was just a whole lot of self-hate and um, loathing and like a really dark time in my life really (laughs) so I said I wouldn't do it (laughs) Um, yeah so um, there wasn't a day that went by that I didn't I I just didn't feel any love and as I shared with you, um, it wasn't until my conversion or my own self-experience with God that um, I
1: cried probably in 10 plus years.
2: Um, So
1: So just tell us then, so you're away from God, you're walking away angry and all sorts of stuff going on, tell us us what happened, what was the turning point, how did that happen? So
2: uh, we moved back to New Zealand, we were in Whangarei at the time uh, and a friend that I was playing rugby with invited me to his church which was called Zeal Church um, and uh, I think it was like the second time I went there, um, basically was doing the worship thing just like here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I suppose it was quite familiar to me but um, I certainly felt in that place a lot more of God and much what we have here a lot more expression of the Holy Spirit and it was just like the pastor said one night there's somebody here who hasn't felt love in many many years who hasn't felt the warmth of his father his heavenly father in many many years and feels like he's in a straitjacket and he can't breathe um, can't uh, double-mindedness doesn't know whether to move left or right you know no direction and I my life was going down a bad path you know I probably you know I would say at that stage probably narrowly avoiding criminal offences and so forth so anyway um, so um, he said that and it was almost like a spotlight just came down and just shone on me and and it was just message just hit me right in the heart and he asked for people to come up the front and respond and um, I it was weird it was like I got up out of my chair and it was like someone was controlling my legs as I walked towards the front and uh, I just came into the presence of God in the most powerful way and it was, I just completely broke down in, in tears and just sobbing, I was a mess um, and I felt the warmth of my daddy God all over again so it was like the story of the prodigal son where the father sees him far off in the distance and he comes running to him it was like that, it was like I didn't need to go far in fact someone seemed to be controlling my legs <laughs> but God came running to me and, um, like, the image of him hitching up his, his uh, gown, which was a sort of a shame thing in that culture, but God didn't care the reckless love of God, and he just came running towards me, and his love just smashed into me in a way that I just can't, yeah, can't give it words, but it was amazing. And from that moment, um, things started changing the process of sanctification. It wasn't overnight, but I could love again, and I could see light again, and I didn't hate myself quite as much. So,
0: yeah.
1: That's wonderful news, so. So just one last question, really. Just what would you, just real quick, how would you say Jesus has changed your life? Um, Ask my wife. (laughs) Uh, Just massive, I mean,
2: the first part is just being able to love myself and be okay with myself is probably the first thing, you know, Um, to walk into a room and not have to act up but I can just be myself. And the second one would be just being able to love others and um you know who you know all that when i was 22 when i was um had that transformation all those years ago being 37 now i wouldn't have expected that i would have the life i have a beautiful wife beautiful girls you know a a good job stable existence but also just the most amazing community of faith and just just love basically yeah yeah
1: Mm. wonderful praise god Thank you so much. Yes, that's awesome. Cool. That's wonderful. It's so, it's so wonderful to hear stories of what Jesus does in people's lives. Everyone's starting point is different. And everyone's journey towards grace and receiving his love is different. We love to hear them all. So, Josh, do you want to come up now? Let's welcome Josh as he comes up. <clears throat> cool it's been good to get to know you over recent weeks and months so yeah just just um tell us the start of your story then in terms of we have you always been a churchgoer? was church part of your upbringing yes
3: yeah, so i was um definitely raised yep. 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 So, okay. <laughs> um yeah so i was raised in the church my parents had um a very strong faith from early on in their life um from catholic to christian that sort of stuff um and, you know, I went to Sunday school growing up, youth group as a young sort of teenager and whatever, and um, just sort of went my own way as a teenager, and just sort of did my own thing, did what my friends were doing, the worldly things, and it sort of wasn't fulfilling, and yeah, that's sort of great start. So you kind
1: of walked away from maybe your upbringing, yeah. and, and tell us a little bit about what that looked like as you walked away, what, what happened with your, your life, the downhill.
3: Yeah, so I was um, I was very sick for a number of years, pretty much throughout my uh, entire teenage years. Um, had to sort of drop out of school and, and that sort of thing. And that um, caused a lot of depression, anxiety and just being very isolated and that sort of stuff. And um, sort of definitely made me question whatever faith I did have. Um, but I never really had any of my own faith um, growing up until a few years ago when sort of I was about 18 and everything sort of came to a like, I guess a point where I was had to make a choice of whether to um, follow what my friends were doing, making worldly decisions and that sort of stuff. Or um, at the time I didn't really know what the other option was, but I was just sort of at the end of my rope and I remember hearing God speak to me for the first time telling me to go to church that weekend. And um, so I asked my mum to take me and she did and um, sat through the service as normal and towards the end the pastor asked if anyone wanted to come up the front and, and give their life to Jesus and my heart was racing so I sort of knew I was supposed to go and do that and I uh, went up and got prayed for and um, as I was being prayed for there was sort of just this weight that just like lifted straight off my shoulders and when I opened my eyes everything sort of almost looked different and felt different yeah
1: so in you know one or two sentences, if you like, what, what in what way has Jesus changed your life since that point?
3: I guess uh, the main thing would be um, being able to maintain peace in a storm of life. Because as followers of Christ, we um, we're not exempt to the trials of life. We don't. It's not. It doesn't get any easier for us just because we follow Jesus. Um, so being able to maintain peace no matter what's going on has been. the the main thing especially with uh, health and all that sort of stuff yeah
1: that's so wonderful I praise God and we look forward to baptise you in a a little while so thank you so much (laughs) and uh, now we'll have uh, Carl and John together um, good friends of Jackie and mine and just love you guys too welcome as they come down it's been so good to uh get to know these guys over the last couple of years really and uh, be part of their journey which has been really exciting so i'm going to walk over here because this wire gets short so come on come over here and um okay so i'm gonna ask you very similar questions i'll start with you uh carl on the first one um have you always been the church goer
4: there's no really short answer for that. well there is it's a very shy answer actually um i definitely wasn't and i would have in the first instance, probably said I was probably agnostic, um, borderline atheist, um, until the following. Quite a different story to Chom though, yeah.
1: So for Chom, what was your starting point? Churchgoer or what's your story?
5: Um, so the starting point for my family, so we came to New Zealand in 1988 as refugees. And our first, um, I guess, experience or memories was that, you know, we had two amazing families welcome us into the country, and they were Christians, and they we knew that they were part of a church. We didn't really understand what being part of a church was, what Christianity was, but obviously being young, we kind of formulated our own perception, and to me it was the kind, the loving, and they were just very generous people, just had so much love to give to strangers that they didn't even know. Um, now that I reflect back to, and after going through my own journey with, with God, it's actually just God working through his children. So that was
1: my wish. Awesome. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, your pre-life in terms of, you know, what did life look like for you? What what brought you to that sort of point of?
4: Yeah, so I, um, I would say actually reflecting on listening to what Carl said when he said the straight jacket, I can and uh, you know, the drinking and the partying and the so et, et cetera, I was heavily involved in that and there was, I was surrounded by a lot of negativity. Um, so, yeah, I felt like um, most definitely almost like in a straitjacket. I really resonated with that when Carl said that. I was like, bingo. That was pretty much the same for myself, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so this is the life you don't know Jesus. Well, what happened then?
5: I'll take this one. <laughs> um, so, I guess for Carla and myself, you know, we were going through a really, really difficult time. Um, it was just our, our, our mind and just everything about us was just so consumed with just negative emotion, negative energy, and I just felt like our hearts were just closed off to anything. For us, we just didn't see that there was any light at the end of the tunnel with what we were going through. And we turned to our own friends and family for guidance and help and just still couldn't get anywhere. So for us, it was just, that's it. We were just completely lost. We just felt so burdened and just just felt like nothing, nothing was gonna help us. And then just out of the blue, you know, appears this person that just re-entered into our life, Delhi. And you know, walking up to, to Carl with so much confidence and you know, and at that point we still didn't realise what was going to happen for us, but I'll let Carl finish this one off. Delhi did. <laughs>
4: for sure. Yeah, I was walking in town and literally I was, I was on my lunch break and feeling lost and pretty alone about everything and then here comes Delhi just looking really smart and just bouncing through life and then he was like, Hey, how are you brother? And then honestly the rest the rest is history here, like he he said, No. Just no. There's this is not it. You know, and he said, I need to speak to you and John and you know, him and Esther was just absolutely key. And yourself and Jackie also. Um uh, multiple people from the church anyway, but yeah, and yeah, just after that Delhi was um he asked us, he said, so make it, can you make me, can you make a brother happy? I'm like, yeah, yeah, what do you need? And like, come to church once. Just come to, come to church once and see how it goes. And I remember walking through the door and I remember looking, first person I caught eyes with it, instantly was Esther. And Esther just had this beaming smile on my face. And then, yeah, the rest is history. Here we
1: are. about the video and
5: so just, um, I think just to mention one thing that really, I guess for us that really took us back was that, like we couldn't even see our own future or what was you know gonna happen in the next few months, but Dali was just so confident, he's like, no, that's not your future, no, you know, you're going to There's something better at the end of it. And it was just with so much passion and just confidence. And so when we, after we attended church for the first time and Carl and I sat and spoke to each other, you know, we were really interested to find out more. And so um, we worked with, um, well, we actually got together with and, um and Phil. Um, outside of church and we started um, experiencing these um, we, we went through like journey sessions where we really just understood and learnt about you know other people's journeys that they've gone through in order to I know, how, how they became closer with God and then through that as well it just sparked an even more interest with us and so we heard about alpha and obviously we attended that you know expecting that we're going to get all the answers to you know because we're both quite logical people we need to know facts and you know see the answers and things like that so we went to that with a set focus of what we wanted out of it but as we turned up and start to you know really work through things it was like you don't need the answer for everything. It's actually about, you know, your faith and what you believe and how much you're actually willing to put your trust in God. And so that was a really turning point for us. And then I think at the Alpha Retreat Day was when it was like, well, bingo, this is, you know, we're we're actually here and actually he's here all along. We just need to reach out to him. Yeah. Okay,
1: cool. So just, um, just to wrap up then, tell us what change has Jesus made in your life?
4: Yeah, I think it's most definitely been significant for me if I look back at my life back in the UK um, and just really attitude, uh, approach to things. You know, I had a lot of anger, a lot of, um, I didn't really deal with things in an appropriate way. And even still, when I've been in New Zealand, whilst I've been part of the church, negative things have happened to me from, whether it be people saying things or just saying things that I weren't necessarily true. Or, and I'd, I just didn't feel that anger anymore. What I did do was just pray for them. I just, and if anyone had known me back in the UK to now that's not really how I would have you know, really dealt with situations I can absolutely assure you of that so instead of getting angry I just filled it with love instead and thought these people need to be prayed for the negativity coming from them if I just keep the gutter clean keep receiving from God and then, yeah, yeah.
5: Excellent Just the only other thing to add is that just within our own home as well, you know, we just have like just a sense of peace and knowing that, you know, like we've got not just each other, but we've got, you know, the church family and then also we've got, you know, the man above as well. Um, But, you know, the main thing for us is that I think it's just more now when... You know, we have hardship because we have faced more hardship than what we went through, which we thought was the end of the world for us. Um, We've gone through more significant things and we've actually come out of it absolutely just, I wouldn't say with flying colours, there was a a few speed bumps, but just so much more peace, yeah.
4: So yeah, that's a very good point. We've definitely gone, I mean, me personally, I've gone through a lot of significant health issues and it's been really, really tough. and I wanted answers, and I've had angry moments when these was happening to me. I'm like, what? What is all this about? Phil was stood by my side for every moment uh, with this, but now I'm, um, I feel, I feel good about things, and I feel, uh, to be honest, I've never felt better. I've never felt better, um, and I feel healthier. My mind feels good, and I'm, yeah, I, I, I can see a clear path forward, and um, yeah, and also just to add to that as well bundle of joy that is outside with his auntie now which we can't see because he's just gone around the corner making so much um, noise is uh, a little bundle of joy Joseph and of course Elisa as well wonderful thank you so much and it's such a privilege
1: and joy to have um Chum's family with us today you're so welcome thank you thank you for coming hey eh? it's been lovely to meet you uh, lovely that you've been able to come and be part of this special day so that really means a lot when family and friends come around so thank you so much if you want to take your seat now we'll start in the same order as we did the testimonies we're now going to get and uh, baptised okay so um, yeah we're going to get down to the pool over here and I'll meet Carl over there and we'll kick our shoes off and get wet hmm. awesome
6: Friends,
0: just gather around the pool. Just a few family, friends, come on down.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no bubbles in there, is there? <laughs> <laughs>